Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look at some of the most popular dining restaurants at Walt Disney World and tell you which ones you should try. Find all episodes of this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered, where you receive bonus content, including bonus trip reports. You can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for us, email us anytime, disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Decipher. So every once in a while, Leslie and I get so busy that we have to come up with a quick and fun episode idea, uh, just, you know, peeking a little bit behind the curtain here. But we feel like we have a good one for you all today. Uh, often I'll have clients or people will reach out to Disney Deciphered and it'll be their first trip. And, you know, they're just completely overwhelmed by all the table service dining options. So we're going to play a little game today. Before we get to that, Leslie, why don't you describe, just in case people are new to Disney, you know, when we say table service restaurants, what are we talking about? What do we mean? So these are restaurants where you go and are seated and are served by a waiter so not the ones where you go up to a counter and order and take your feedback yourself so so real restaurants yes and buffets too fair because fair, of fair, course. fair. Uh, and then the other way i think about it is for the most part actually for all the ones that we're going to talk about today they are require or not require but they take reservations and Typically, the uh, suggestion is to have reservations for these restaurants. Our perpetual caveat that at Disney World, reservations don't work like they work in the real world. If you have a reservation for 6 p.m., you check in, you probably can expect to wait 10 to 15 minutes on average before you actually get seated. The reservation just kind of holds a slot, but they actually do the seating. You know, they don't have a table set aside for you unless you are a VIP or unless you're dining at someplace like Victorian Alberts, which we're not talking about today, but it's like, you know, super fancy dining at Disney World. So what we're going to do today is we're going to play a game, buy, hold, and sell. We're going to take three restaurants in various categories, um, and there'll be pretty simple categories and categories that you're going to be thinking about as you're playing your Disney vacation. Now, how did we get these three restaurants? We did not pick them arbitrarily although the categories are arbitrary, <laughs> I should point out. But what we actually did is Touring Plans has a dining rating system. Leslie, pop quiz, do you know how Touring Plans dining rating system works? It's simpler than you might think. I mean, I know they survey guests, but I have no idea how it actually is obtained. Uh, so well, good luckily, question. Mr. Tessa <laughs> isn't listening, but it's just a thumbs up, a thumbs down. And what oh, they do it. is, wow. yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, so when you're doing touring plans, insanely long survey, which uh, a lot of people do, they'll just have a restaurant and they'll be like, did you dine here? And then you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So because of that very simplistic system, pretty much if you're like below 80% thumbs up, that is when touring plans is like, we don't recommend this restaurant and anything between 80 and 90% is kind of like average. And then anything above 90% is highly recommended. So what we did is each of these categories, we took three restaurants that are at the top three 
There's only one category where those restaurants fell below 90%, and we'll talk about that when we get there. But yeah, we'll buy, hold, and sell. Now, our specific criteria for buying, holding, and selling. Buying means that we would recommend going there multiple times. Like if you're taking multiple trips, you know, that's kind of like the restaurants that we're there every time we're on an extended trip to Disney World. Hold is like worth trying at least once in your life. And sell is, and this is going to be the tough one for us, like recommending just skipping it altogether. And again, these are all highly rated restaurants, but we're hoping that through this exercise, number one, we can have a little fun as you play along if you know the restaurants, but number two, if you don't know the restaurants, you'll get some ideas of what to look at, what to Google, because there's a million restaurant recommendations when you're going to Disney World. All right, Leslie, you ready to get started? Yes, super excited. This is fun. All right, so why don't you kick us off with our first category, and we'll do just a brief, very short description of each of the restaurants about what are we starting with? Sure. So we're going to start with general character dining and the top three rated restaurants by touring plans are Topolino's Terrace, Tusker House and Garden Grill. So uh, let's start with Topolino's Terrace. That's the character dining restaurant in the Riviera Resort. It's Mediterranean themed, French themed, kind of higher end uh, character dining. I ate there with my son Gosh, about a year and a half ago. So Tusker House is then the character dining restaurant in Animal Kingdom. And it's been a few years since I've eaten there, but we'll figure out where that falls. And then finally, Garden Grill is in Epcot in the land building. And I know you ate there recently, Joe. Yes. And last thing to note is that Topolino's is only character restaurant for breakfast. At night, they just become a fancy restaurant. The other two are character restaurants all the time. The characters are fairly similar. You'll have some breakdown of the Fab Five in each of them. Garden Grill has Chippendale, though. That's different. Tusker House, they're dressed in kind of safari outfits, which is cool. And then Topolino's, they're dressed in art outfits, like Mickey's an artist. You know, I think Daisy is a ballet dancer, that kind of stuff. So Very French, very French. Yes, goes with the art theme. All right, so buy, hold, sell. What you doing, Leslie? Ooh, so this is a tough one. I haven't eaten at Garden Grill. That's the only of the three that I haven't eaten at. But I love Chip and Dale, so I'm not going to have to toss that one. So Garden Grill is going to get the one time because I'm still trying to get my one time. I'm going to toss Tusker House. That is sell. And Topolino's is going to be the one that I'm going to buy. I'm going to dine at that multiple times in the future. What about you, Joe? Yeah, breakfast at Topolino's is really good. I am probably just because Chip and Dale... I just had such a fun time with them at Garden Grill. So I'm buying Garden Grill. I'm going to go there more often. Topolino's once is definitely worth trying out. I I also find Topolino's is like way harder to get a reservation for. So, you know, like I'll go once, but I'm I'm not going to put the energy in to get the. And also, like if you're not staying at the Riviera, it's a little annoying to get to. We should have said Garden Grill is in Epcot. Tusker House is in Animal Kingdom, but Topolino's is at Riviera. Although that's the one that you can dine at if you're not going to a park on a certain day and then yeah unfortunately i'm cutting tusker house as well even though i've never been there it's real like we said it's really highly rated people really enjoy it but you know these are the rules of our arbitrary game leslie so i'm sorry tusker house uh we're cutting you here all right so let's move on as you may have noticed we did not include any princess dining in our character dining actually there are only three princess dining restaurants open on Disney World property as of right now. And this is the category, Leslie, that if we had just taken top three arbitrary characters, including princesses, like none of these would have made it. So the highest rated one here is 
Artist Point, which is where you meet Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So it's called Storybook Dining at Artist Point. There's only one princess there, Snow White. Uh, this is at Wilderness Lodge. That was, I think, still high 80s. It was, still wasn't in the 90s. And then Cinderella's Royal Table, which is in the mid 80s, although it has gotten a lot of positive press recently. So I feel like, you know, these surveys are from these, these are years of data. So um, I think it takes a while for that to come back up. And then the last one, oh, and Cinderella's Royal Table is, of course, where you're dining in the castle and Cinderella's there with three other princesses. And then Akershus, which is in the Norway Pavilion, um, serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That is for rotating princesses as well. So Cinderella's Royal Table in the castle, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Akershus, Norway, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Storybook is at Wilderness Lodge and that's only for dinner. So buy, hold, sell. Leslie, what do you got? All right, I'm following the survey. Buy Storybook Dining Artist Point, hold Cinderella's Royal Table, and sell Akershus. I mean, Akershus is routinely panned, so that was easy that that was going to fall in that bottom of the of the barrel. But um, Cinderella's Royal Table is intriguing, and that's sort of like the one that everybody has gone to over the years. But it's such a hard reservation to get. The cost is really high. So I, I feel like that's one that is one and done for, for me and a lot of families. And I like the idea of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, a little bit more unique character lineup at uh, Artist Point. I also like that it's outside of the parks and it's at Wilderness Lodge, so you can do it on a non-park day. That's often when I do my character dining is like on the break day, I want to go to a hotel and save myself a day of park tickets. Yes, I totally agree. Selling Ocker Shoes, went there once. I do not want to go back again uh, ever. Now it's fine. I, I got to say that because my youngest daughter, you know, and we didn't have this problem with my oldest daughter or my son, like my youngest daughter is obsessed with princesses. So if I had no other option, and by the way, like I'm hoping to be in Disney World in like two weeks, and I may have no other option, uh, you know, Akershus is not too hard to get of a reservation. And if you're going to meet four princesses, you're paying to meet the princesses, not for the food. You know, I we should say that we're selling it because of the food, not because of the princess interactions. Those are great. Storybook dining, that's the one I'm holding just because, again, I want to buy Cinderella's Royal Table because as long as my daughter is obsessed with princesses, I don't think you're going to beat dining in the castle, although it is more expensive. The food is supposedly pretty good right now, but I think that this, you know, I have a dining alert, a set for Cinderella's Royal Table when we go, oh, theoretically, this trip is going to be just me and the six-year-old or soon to be six-year-old. So, you know, that's what we want to do. And I I feel like she's going to want to do that more often, just like she wants to do Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, like every single time. I'm like, no. You cannot. You can only do it sometimes. One thing we forgot about storybook dining, though, and before my princess-obsessed daughter, that would have been the one that I chose to go to repeatedly, is the evil queen is there. You know, and like with the evil queen, Snow White, the seven dwarfs, like you got, you know, you got a whole movie's worth of characters there. And so that's more enjoyable. So it makes a lot of sense why people really love that experience. But, you know, we can only choose one. And that's what I'm going with. All right. What's our next category, Leslie? And break down these restaurants for us. All right. So next category is restaurants at Magic Kingdom. And the top three from Touring Plans are Liberty Tree Tavern, Skipper Canteen, and Crystal Palace. So really quickly, Liberty Tree Tavern, as it probably suggests from the name, is in Liberty Square. It's got kind of a Thanksgiving-style meal. Skipper Canteen, we have talked about 
a lot on this podcast. <laughs> it is by Jungle Cruise and the wait staff tell pun-tastic jokes just like the Jungle Cruise skippers. And then Crystal Palace is kind of off of the hub and it's kind of a Mary Poppins theme in terms of the setting. And I honestly don't even really know what the food type is there. Is it just kind of general, Joe? Yeah, it's just like American type food. And we did cheat a little bit. This is one last character. This is the last character dining meal that we're going to throw in here. And it's Winnie the Pooh characters. But yeah, it's just a buffet, American dining, pretty good food. So yeah. All right, Joe. Well, I took first turn the last two. So I'm going to give you the first opportunity here. How would you rate them? Yeah, apparently I'm going with like the negative first all the time. I am selling Liberty Tree Tavern. Look, I love Thanksgiving food. I love New England food. I live in New England. So, you know, I have never been to Liberty Tree Tavern. Gosh, that's hard to say. We both flubbed it once in this episode. I just no desire to go there and spend large prices to eat there. So I am selling Liberty Tree Tavern and I am holding Skipper Canteen. I feel like it's worth trying at least once. I love Crystal Palace. I love the buffet. I I love the Winnie the Pooh characters. So that's the one I'm buying. And Leslie, I don't know what we did for video. By the way, you can find us at youtube.com slash at Disney Deciphered. Normally, I cut to a solo of the person who's talking, but I may need to zoom out to both of us for your reaction when I just only held Skipper Canteen. Because we know anyone who's listening to this podcast for any amount of time knows that Leslie was buying Skipper Canteen. You were dead to me, Joe. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I feel like I don't know you. You are, are not going to go multiple times to Skipper Canteen. All right. Huh. Okay. So Skipper Canteen for me is probably my favorite accessible restaurant, like reservation that you can get, restaurant you can get into without working too hard at Disney World. I love the Jungle Cruise jokes. I love the setting, the the focus on the society of explorers and adventurers there. It's just kind of a deep cut for me at Disney. So I, I, I love that one. And I do dine at that multiple, multiple times. So that's my buy. Like you, I'm going to sell Liberty Tree Tavern, and I don't mind a good New England meal once and again, even though I live out here in California, but it just seems like too much food, too much cost, heavy, heavy food. It's often hot at Disney World. It just seems gross um, in terms of, <laughs> you know, like what I want to eat at Walt Disney World. And and to be fair, I've never eaten there, but again, because that's just my perception, it just doesn't seem to fit my interests. And then in the middle is Crystal Palace. That is my hold. I'll dine there once. I will say that my perception of it is that it's kind of similar to Plaza Inn at Disneyland, which I dine at multiple times. That's also a character meal in the mornings that has Winnie the Pooh and some other characters. So it seems a little bit like a repeat to me. And if you are someone who goes to Disneyland a lot, it might not seem unique enough to you. Sounds good. All right. So let's move to Hollywood Studios. Three restaurants here. We should have said at the beginning, these are listed in order of rank from uh, touring plans. The first one is Hollywood Brown Derby, which is kind of old Hollywood dining, very classic, just really fits the theme of Hollywood Studios well. Very famous for their Cobb salad, although my wife didn't like it. The next one is 50s Primetime, which is a kind of like eating at a diner in the 50s, and they tell you to eat your vegetables and stuff like that. 
borderline rude to you about minding your manners. Not rude, but they're really strict about you minding your manners there. So that's kind of the gag at 50s primetime. And the final one is sci-fi drive-in, which is basically a burger joint. Uh, The conceit here is that you're at a drive-in. You're sitting in a car mostly. Most of the tables, like 80% of the tables, you're sitting in a car. So you're actually side by side with your dining party. And then you're facing a screen where there are um, just old school drive-in movies, clips of drive-in movies being shown. So buy, hold, sell, Leslie, what do you got for Hollywood Studios? This is the hardest one for me because I eat at all three of these restaurants regularly. So I buy them all, (laughs) but okay, I got to choose. I am going to sell Brown Derby, which is hard, hard, hard to do only because that is a restaurant that I think is harder to eat as at, as a family. So it's not going to be a restaurant that I go to with my kids as often, because again, like you say, salads, steaks, it's pretty pricey. I am always going to eat there. I think you and I have eaten there together with some friends yes, at some Leslie, point. Yes, that hurts. Yeah. I think that's where we met. Okay. No. You just, you, just, you just sold the place that we met at Dia's Family Travel for Real Life Conference. Oh, uh, that's so, right. Um, you know, I think that is the first time we met in person. I, no. My heart is, my heart is really? broken. Really? Oh, didn't we meet in Charlotte I, first? I think we met in Charlotte first. Wasn't oh, Charlotte? Or, yeah. Okay. First time we okay. met in person in Disney. <laughs> okay. Got, nailed it. Okay. Nailed it. Okay. All right. But yes, selling Brown Derby. All right. Okay, I am in a hold 50s prime time, and I probably have eaten there more of, than any of the restaurants of these three, but I'm holding 50s prime time because I do think it is a little bit heavy in terms of the food, like you got your meatloaf and those kind of things, so it's maybe not a restaurant that people want to dine at as much, kind of like like Liberty True Tavern, but but nowhere near as bad. I love the, the wait staff and how they will tell you to eat your vegetables, although it's not as good as it used to be. Like when we were kids, they were like full-blown into it, and I sort of feel like it's a little bit more inconsistent these days. So I am going to buy sci-fi love the sort of diner food there love that you watch these creepy movies on the screen it's you know i wish it was easier to get a reservation in advance although it's one that you can refresh and get but it's it's often sold out early but yeah just it's a unique experience where else can you sit in like a car and eat your food but not actually be in a car be inside in a restaurant Yes, AC, amazing in there during the summer, by the way. Pro tip. So I'm selling, selling, selling 50s primetime. I do not like interacting with people, (laughs) especially if they're telling me to eat my vegetables. I'm just going to feel very awkward and uncomfortable. So sell that all day. It's really tough for me to pick between the two. I think I'm actually buying Brown Derby and holding sci-fi. I love sci-fi. You know, it's for the opposite reasons of you, Leslie. Brown Derby at this stage in our lives works better for my kids than sci-fi because when I took the kids to sci-fi in July when we went for the Star Cruiser, my son was like a little bit scared by some of the images that were on screen, which are honestly fairly tame. Uh, And he's uh, had just turned eight. There's some like monsters running around and it's just cuts. Right. And so it's cuts of monsters and aliens and stuff like that. He didn't love that because of that. I'm just holding. But I do think it's worth trying at least once. And the reason why I'm buying Brown Derby is because we do not eat a lot of red meat in this household. Uh, However, 
my kids severely need protein, 20th percentile or less for all of them. And the kids' steaks at Brown Derby, uh, and my kids love steak, you know, and in fact, we started, you know, what, who cares about my life? But we started buying more steak just because they need more protein. Um, but typically we like, we hadn't cooked steak in the past, but they really love the steaks there. Um, they're little petite sirloins and they eat that and they get a lot of protein with some vegetables on the side. So that works well, despite my wife not liking the cob salad. Got it. Got it. I have one steak eater and one will not touch steak. Hence, hence the difference there. It's interesting. This is the first time we've had like fully opposite on the buy and the sell. So yes. And I, I put Hollywood studios before Epcot because I was afraid we're going to sell the same thing at Epcot, but let's see. So uh, talk to us about these Epcot restaurants, Leslie, what are the top three via touring plans, dining ratings? All right, Epcot, Tepan Ido, which is sit-down restaurant in Japan Pavilion, um, Via Napoli, the pizza and pasta restaurant in Italy Pavilion, and then, then I'm going to totally butcher my, with my French, Les Celliers, uh in the France Pavilion. <laughs> How'd I do, Joe? Yeah, you eh. did better. I think it's Tepin Ito, and you totally botched. This is how I know you haven't gone slash even listen to me. Tepin Ito is hibachi, okay? So like Japanese yeah. steakhouse. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. You said sit down. So I, what I is sit down? You sit down I, at the Japanese steakhouse. You do steakhouse. sit down, but people need to know that it's hibachi. <laughs> like that is, that is the cell there. You know, they cook the food in front of you. They make yes. the onion volcano, you know, all that kind of stuff. Lots of, flames. I have eaten there to be, sh- to be fair, Joe. I've eaten there multiple okay. times. <laughs> well, we are I very just blew t- it. Like, like we said, like we said at the beginning. All right. We are very tired and, you know, putting together things last minute. But uh, yeah, let me go with my buy, hold and sell for this. This was a tough one for me, but that's only for the buy and hold. I'm selling Le Cellier, even though I just said all that nonsense about my kids and steak and things like that. My impression of Le Cellier, and I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's kind of like a dark, more more romantic, like, you know, dinner adult feel type restaurant and my kids don't need I don't need to take my kids there right now like I if I can ever convince my wife to go to Disney World without the kids La Cellier would be on the list of things to try but I'm selling that one just because it doesn't really work for my family right now and I think I'm buying Tepin Ito because I think I've said many times my kids are always looking for Asian food when we are traveling and so Tepin Ito is just you know that's Gonna, it's basically Japanese teriyaki stir fry right there. And so I know that my kids are going to eat a bunch. They're going to eat their vegetables as well because they like stir fried vegetables. So that's good. And then I will hold Via Napoli. That was a really tough one for me. I love the pizza at Via Napoli. Just went recently. But I guess another tipping point there is that my youngest, a lot of stuff determined by the youngest, which is, you know, why the older siblings always complain, but she is allergic to cheese, not lactose. She's allergic to actual milk, uh, which is, you know, I was telling her teacher the other day, she's the first kid I've ever met. Uh, and I've met thousands of kids up at this point in my career that has ever been allergic to milk that I know of. But since she can't do that, and as far as I know, Via Napoli still doesn't have vegan cheese. I was looking for it on the menu the last time we were there, although maybe I missed it. We can't go there all the time. Uh, I would definitely go there at least once. What about you, Leslie? All right. I am in complete agreement for the first time. I love Asian food. So Tepanito is very popular for me and my kids are just going to have to suck it up. (laughs) 
that's that's how I roll sometimes with my family. In fact, to be fair, my my daughter does really like Japanese food, but my in fact she'll eat more sushi than I will. But my youngest child like won't eat anything but a bowl of rice at um, a Japanese restaurant, and he would eat the pizza via Napoli, but he's just gonna have to eat rice for a meal because I'm going to Teppanito regularly. So via Napoli, um, again, I'd like to pizza and, and is always good for families. So that's one I'm I'm definitely going to at least go to once when the stars align and I need need an easy win with the kids. And I don't really like French food. You know, I just feel, I really should just stop <laughs> at this point. But I don't love I don't love French food. And I don't kind of love the, the the stereotypical French attitude. So I'm just not going out of my way to spend much time at French restaurants anywhere, even at Disney. That's right. terrible. We don't want we don't want your freedom fries. <laughs> France. No way. It's a very, very old school <laughs> reference for you Gen Xers out there. By the way, just to update, I'm sure you have already sent in your emails correcting us. Uh, VeganDisneyFood.com, I Googled it while you were talking, says that there is now vegan cheese at Via Napoli. So maybe I can go back there with my daughter. The last time I was there was on that Galactic Star Cruiser sh- trip where I was just with my older kids. So we went to, that's why I went to Via Napoli because my youngest daughter wasn't there. But you know, it, it's kind of sad when you're in an Italian restaurant though, there's like cheese all over the place, but it's good to know that there are vegan cheese pizzas there that you can have now. Um, it is a good time in history to be allergic to milk since there are so many vegan options and especially at Disney, which does great with allergies and not only allergies, but also any food preferences that people might have. Okay. Uh, is it my turn to describe? It is my turn to describe. Mm-hmm. So Let's talk about Animal Kingdom. This is the one where I have not been to any of these, but I have thought about going to all of these. So I feel like I'm still able to do my buy, hold, sell, but take it with a grain of salt. So Yak and Yeti is a sit-down restaurant with kind of pan-Asian themed foods, more like kind of you're thinking Tibetan, that area. You know, of course there are East Asian influences, but more toward um, that area. So that is very popular, and that's the highest rated touring plans. And then there's Tiffin's, which is a signature dining restaurant, fancy food, or fancier food. It used to be two dining credits. I guess the dining plan is coming back, so it'll be two dining credits again, which is how you know that the food is more expensive. And the Nomad Lounge, which is attached to Tiffin's, the lounge attached to Tiffin's where you get to eat outside and on the little patio with a nice view of the animal kingdom. So... Buy, hold, sell, Animal Kingdom, Leslie. I'm not sure you've been to any of these three either. I have been to Tiffin's. That's the only one I've eaten at a couple of years ago. Ate there with a friend. But yeah, I mean, we all know that I don't spend a ton of time in Animal Kingdom. So I haven't dined at a lot of the restaurants there. Um, Just sort of based upon that one dining experience and my perceptions, I am going to buy Nomad Lounge because I love the setting of Tiffin's. I like that... Nomad Lounge is is cheaper and more casual and you can kind of just drop in and get a cool cocktail. Seems like a fun place for like uh, an adults only trip. I am going to hold Tiffin's because I thought the food there was excellent, but it is very pricey. It feels like more of a one and done kind of restaurant. And I did it once and I have sort of no desire to, to go back, even though I thought it was excellent. And then I'm going to sell Yak and Yeti and... I just have always perceived it is more of like the chain. Isn't it owned by the same people who own Rainforest Cafe or something like that? So I think it's I have negative Landry's connotations. Restaurant yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. 
So. so I think that's probably, I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's just my perception. And I'm sure other people have that, that same perception that if it's a chain, maybe it's not worth considering. Although sometimes the chains are better than Disney restaurants, right? Yeah. So I will say that Yak and Yeti is my hold just because I feel like I'm trying to give it a fair chance. That being said, there is a restaurant in Boston. I don't know why I said it like that, but won't edit that out. That is called Yak and Yeti. We really enjoy it when we've been there. We've been there a couple of times and it's the same type of food. So in the same way, like I kind of assume that that's the same restaurant. It probably isn't exactly the same restaurant, but like in my head, it's like, this is the same. Why would I go there? And so because of that, that's why I've never been to Yak and Yeti. It's the same reason why I'm skipping Liberty Tree Tavern, except for for Yak and Yeti. I'll hold it. I'll try it at least once just to be fair to it. I am selling Tiffin's just too fancy. And the reason why I'm selling it is because I feel like I want to buy Nomad Lounge. I mean, I've seen pictures of the lounge. It looks so nice out there. It looks so relaxing. It's not that hard to walk up and get, I mean, depending on the day, but like you can walk up and get a seat there um, often. And if not, you can get a reservation beforehand. And so it just seems like a really pleasant dining experience, especially if you're taking an easy day in Animal Kingdom. Like let's say you've rope dropped, you know, we've talked a lot of times about how you can rope drop and get a lot of, almost all of Animal Kingdom done by like 11 o'clock. Well then roll into Nomad, have a nice leisurely lunch at the lounge and then make your way on to your next park or whatever. So buy Nomad for me, hold Yak and Yeti just to be fair to it and then selling Tiffin's. All right, our last category, Leslie, hotel restaurants. And again, we went off of what were the top three rated restaurants by Touring Plans users who did the survey. And because of that, we got two at Animal Kingdom Lodge, Leslie. What are the three restaurants that we've got here? First is Boma, which is a buffet restaurant in the main building of Animal Kingdom Lodge. Next is Sanaa, which is the table service restaurant in Kidani Village, the other building of Animal Kingdom Lodge. And then the third choice is Citrico's, which is in the Grand Floridian. It's sort of a Mediterranean-themed restaurant overlooking Closer to the water, I, w- I would say. And it's kind of changed shape a lot. Menus changed a lot over recent years. So it's kind of the, the, the moving target, I guess, to me. It has a new Mary Poppins theme, um, kind of a, a varied menu of a lot of different tastes. So how would you rate these, Joe? Well, I think what I am going to do here is it's really tough. Citricos and Boma, I have not personally been to. I really want to try Boma. However... Because, well, let me not bury the lead. Sanaa is going to be my buy. Uh, the bread service there, I feel like is, I wouldn't say it's underrated because people talk about it all the time, but I feel like it's rated exactly where it should be. I love it and it's very enjoyable and I would like to go there as m- often as possible. But plus you can take a look at the animals, especially if you get a good seat by the window while you're eating. And so then we came between trying Citricose first or trying Boma. And just because Boma will have some things in common with Sanaa, at least flavors wise, I put Citricose on there. Plus, I would like to see, you know, there's the new Mary Poppins theme and it's supposed to look really nice. So um, it'd be good to try that. So for me, it's buy Sanaa, hold Citricose and sell Boma. What about you? All right. I am going to buy Boma. I dined there pretty recently on my, my last trip thought the buffet was really excellent. And what I loved about it was 
there were a lot of unique flavors and food choices for adults in the buffet, but then there were also things that my children would eat that were not too like strange for them. So I, I thought they did a great job of balancing like out the being true to Animal Kingdom Lodge and, and those flavors and then also just keeping kids happy. So I, I was very impressed with Boma. It quickly shot to the top of my personal list from that visit. I am going to hold Sanaa because I do hear it's excellent. The thing that's negative about Sanaa is the location. I'm just not as likely to be over at Kidani Village. So that's just, I'm not like, likely to stumble there. It takes work to get there. And I do wonder whether the flavors are going to be too unique for my kids. That's that's sort of my my fear. And then I'm going to sell Citricose. It's it's a nice restaurant, but to me, when I dined there, it wasn't memorable. Like it was comparable to a lot of restaurants that I've eaten at um, over the course of my life. Had really good fish, but um, nothing special about it. Nothing special about the um, setting at the Grand Floridian. Although I think Mary Poppins does give it a little bit of a boost, so I'm willing to to give it a try again and see what it looks like in more recent years. But there you go. Sounds good. All right. So here is the end of the episode. There are Disney Springs restaurants, and that was going to be a category, but I do not think we have been to any of these. I have definitely not been to these. The top three were Homecoming, Raglan Road, and Boathouse. So we'll just recommend them here since uh, Touring Plans users recommended them. And I did want to close things out, Leslie, by giving each of us a chance to shout out any restaurants that didn't make any of these top three lists in these arbitrary categories, just to give people an idea of things to put on their radar. So any restaurants that didn't make it uh, into our discussion that you think people might consider? Now I got to think about that, Joe. (laughs) All right, I'll go first then. So I have California Grill. I still have not been. I've had multiple reservations that I've had to cancel. I really want to check out California Grill. At this point, I don't need to watch the fireworks from there, although it'd be nice to see a different perspective. But the food just seems, it just seems like overall the experience and the service is great. So I'd like to try that out. And then the one restaurant that didn't make it on here that I really recommend all the time is Steakhouse 71, also at the Contemporary. California Grill is at the Contemporary, at the top of the Contemporary, and Steakhouse 71 is at the bottom of the Contemporary, and just really like the food there, especially for lunch uh, and breakfast. Breakfast and lunch are both great there. I'm sure dinner is good too with the steak, but uh, breakfast and lunch, I feel like I get the most bang for my buck, and it's a great kind of way to break up the day, either start the day at the Contemporary or break up a Magic Kingdom day by swinging over there. All right, Leslie, did I buy you enough time? Yeah, I don't have any more, but I will say California Grill is excellent. So I agree with that recommendation. I'm just going to throw in a, a bone to not really a table service restaurant, but Trader Sam's. Trader Sam's. I mean, you do sit down. You are served by, by you know wait staff, and you can get bites to eat there. So I guess it's kind of a table service restaurant, but it's really a bar um, that has food. But that's that's just amazing in the Polynesian, and that is something that I go to every time if I have childcare. Yeah, and pro tip, the Disneyland version takes reservations, so that's nice as well. One notable absence, we did not mention Space 220, and I think that was for good reason. Overall, it's nice to try once, but for the cost, if you can't get into the lounge where you don't have to buy the entire pre-theme menu, it just doesn't feel worth it. All right, Joe, well, let's close this out with our traditional Disney do or don't. What do you have for us? All right, so my Disney don't, with a caveat, is... I guess my Disney don't is don't eat at too many table service restaurants. I feel like the cost really adds up and you 
end up getting diminishing returns. This is kind of one reason why we don't love the dining plan, just because unless you're the type of family that really needs to sit down for like an hour and change and rest during the day, I just feel like the cost is not worth sitting down at all those table service restaurants. Plus you're like rushing to your reservations and you're stressed out. If you're going to like get there late or whatever, I think one table service restaurant a day is probably enough for my family. So that's my Disney don't Uh, my Disney do though is do book the dining reservations for any restaurants you're considering trying. And then just remember, you just need to cancel them up to two hours in advance. Don't hoard reservations or anything like that. But you know, if you're not sure, then like, if you're not sure, like whether you're going to buy or sell a certain restaurant, you know, make that dining reservation. And then as soon as you know that you're not going to use it, go ahead and cancel that. So that's my Disney do and don't for this episode. Two for one. All right. Both excellent tips. All right. Well, that does it for our buy, hold, and sell for dining. We'd be really curious, you know, do you vehemently disagree with us on some of them? You know, do you feel like the arbitrary nature of the rules of this exercise were completely unfair and you shouldn't have to sell one of them? Let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. Tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or you can find us on Instagram, DisneyDeciphered. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you have an enjoyable dining experience at Disney World. And other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I will see you figuring out what the word hibachi means. Zing. Thanks, Joe. (laughs) Ever tried reading while jogging, cooking, or even juggling flaming torches? Yeah, doesn't end well. But with Audiobooks.com, you can conquer books without the circus act. Dive into over 450,000 titles, including more than 10,000 free ones. Get hooked on a bestseller, find your next obsession, or finally read that classic you've been avoiding since high school. And here's the inside scoop. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial and snag your first three audiobooks on the house. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.